Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Welcome everybody to the second installment of the Powder Blue Review this week. Yes, that's correct with the season here. We are doing two podcasts a week, recap, preview, everything in between. We are going to cover that. As always, I am your host, Michael Peterson. You guys can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at ZoneTracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. You can go ahead and follow the Twitter podcast handle as well. That's at PB Review Podcast. And you can follow all of my written work over at SB Nations, BoltsFromTheBlue.com. That is SB Nations Los Angeles Chargers website. So here we are, guys. I am recording this on Friday evening. By the time you guys are listening to this, it will be Saturday, and you will officially be about 24 hours away from the Week 2 matchup against the Detroit Lions, which is going to have some excitement. Might be a little dismal with all these injuries going around. Uh, Each team, you know, Chargers won. Detroit Lions, unfortunately, came to a tie against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray, last year's overall number one pick, came back to tie it. Stole a win right out from under the Lions, who were up 24-7 going into the fourth quarter. So there's a lot of things to worry about. Um, Game's going to be exciting, but let's kind of get into things here as well. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, guys. Um, I really do appreciate all the love you guys have shown me since I started this podcast, but we're going to go ahead and kind of get into things. We're going to go over the injury report as of Friday going into this week's game. And then I have a special interview with Russell Brown. He is uh, an NFL draft scout for CoverOne.net. He is their national scout. He's also the host of the Cover One NFL Draft podcast. But first and foremost, he is a huge Lions guy. Lives in Detroit, fan of Michigan State, all that good stuff. Um, but today he is here to talk Lions chargers week two but again before we get into that we're just we're gonna roll right into it we're not gonna waste any time we're gonna go over the injury report so as of friday evening after practice here's what kind of what you guys excuse me you guys have to look forward to mike davis out did not participate at all this week after tweaking his hamstring uh during it was about five snaps into the colts game mike davis um, out this week, very, very doubtful. Hunter Henry, we obviously found out that horrible news. He had a uh, tibia fra- plateau fracture in his knee. Um, it's probably not as bad as, uh, honestly, what that injury usually comes out to because he obviously, after he got hurt, came back in, made some catches, blocked some people. Um, and, you know, four to six weeks usually is a, is a pretty accelerated return from uh, that injury, technically. But, um, Still good news, but he'll be out four to six weeks, according to Adam Schefter. Isaac Rochelle uh, concussed during the Colts game, but worked his way back to a full participant Friday at practice. He is questionable. You've got Roderick Teamer, hamstring, limited, uh, did two limited practices this week, questionable. Mike Williams didn't participate at all Wednesday or Thursday, but in a limited fashion, practice Friday. He is questionable. Uh, I think he's teetering on the line of doubtful. Uh, they get Jeremy Davis back, who was a limited participant and a full participant on Friday. That gives the team four wide receivers to play and roll out with on uh, Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Williams not in the starting lineup. 
Uh, Michael Badgley was a limited participant all week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He is questionable if he does not go. We will see Ty Long again, who is the reigning AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So congrats to Ty Long if you guys didn't know about that. Linebacker Jatavis Brown, limited all week again, questionable. Uh, Denzel Perryman, limited all week, very questionable as well. And like I said earlier, Jeremy Davis, full participant Friday, will likely go. For the Lions, flipping sides, linebacker Gerard Davis, one of their starters at middle linebacker, has an ankle injury. He was a limited participant all week, questionable. Taylor Decker, they are left tackle. Um, he has a back injury. Uh, limited participant all week, questionable. Deshaun Hand, one of the brighter uh, defensive interior players for the Lions. Um, elbow injury, limited, 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 questionable. And then Rashawn Melvin was a full participant after being limited Wednesday, Thursday, this past Friday. Uh, he looks to be full go. So that's kind of what you have to look forward to. Chargers are going to be without some help at cornerback. The team did, however... Signed veteran cornerback Dante Johnson, who's a former starter with the San Francisco 49ers, started 22 games for them, and they placed cornerback Trevor Williams on injured reserve. Finally, that guy's been injured, man, it seems like for a long time now, and finally they made the move to put him on IR. Um, they also signed Tavon Campbell to the practice squad. He's a former uh, CFL cornerback. He went to uh, Regina College. And they also signed Anthony Johnson, a rookie undrafted free agent wide receiver out of Buffalo. Big 6'2", 215-pound wide receiver. Uh, definitely the type of receiver that the Chargers like to throw to. So keep an eye on Johnson. Don't think he plays this week or gets promoted anytime soon. But a guy that could really be um, a developmental project at the receiver position for the Chargers moving forward. It's time now for this week's interview with my good friend, Russell Brown. Like I said, big Lions guy, very smart, very knowledgeable about NFL, college, draft, everything you can possibly want to know involving football. Um, again, good friend. We chopped it up quite a bit. Hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I had recording it. So here is our interview with Cover One's Russell Brown. So I'm joined now by my good friend, Russell Brown. And if you guys haven't already been following him on Twitter, please give him a follow. Um, Russell, real quick, uh, shout out your Twitter handle for my followers, please. At Russ NFL Draft. At Russ NFL Draft. He is the national scout for CoverOne.net. He is the host of Cover One's NFL Draft podcast, and he's a big time Lions guy. Um, so obviously we need to have him on talk about the Lions game this weekend. Tons of good themes going on with this one. But in general, man, we're doing this interview early. We're doing it early. It's uh, 8.54 a.m. where I am. But uh, how are you doing this morning, man? I am doing well. It is also 8.54 where I am. I'm having a fresh cup of coffee in my Michigan State mug. You know, Michigan State, the team that beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. So I'm feeling pretty good. I know that was a couple years back, but I've got to dig it in when I can. So I appreciate you bringing me on. I'm excited to talk Lions and Chargers. Well, you're lucky I'm not just cutting this interview off after you made that comment because uh, it's a little too early for you to throw in haymakers like that. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, you know? <laughs> I already regret this entire decision, but it's too late. We got to keep going. All right, you guys. So coming up this Sunday, Lions, Chargers. Um, you've got the Lions coming off a heartbreaking tie to the Cardinals and uh, this year's first overall pick and Kyler Murray came back to to save themselves from a loss, at least. It's definitely not a victory, definitely not a loss. Um, Chargers are hurt. A lot of stuff going on with that team, a lot of moves being made. So it's going to be an interesting game for sure. I don't really know what to expect. Russell, 
probably you have no idea really what to expect. I know we were talking about it. it could be a trap game. Uh, could be an easy win for you guys. I mean, I think this game could go either way. But your initial thoughts on the matchup this Sunday? Uh, definitely nervous. I mean, the Lions, they had the Arizona Cardinals. They were up 17 to nothing at one point. It ended up being 17 to three at halftime. And then they were up 24 to six. Uh, they had an 18 point lead in this game going into the fourth quarter and they let Kyler Murray right back into it. Uh, he finished the fourth quarter 14 for 17 for 154 yards and two scores. So if I'm a Phillip Rivers owner in fantasy football, even if he starts this game off slow, don't worry. There's a pretty good chance he could get back into it in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm nervous about it because the Lions defense did not show up in the fourth quarter at all. They had the, char- or the Cardinals in check for most of the game. So we could see kind of the same thing with the Chargers offensive line being so banged up and then obviously losing Hunter Henry. Um, you know, it just seems like every single week there's a new injury to the Chargers, but they find ways to win. They beat the Colts last week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely nervous about it. I think the Lions, they their offense looks pretty good. I mean, 27 points, you, you can't really complain there as a fan. Uh, but, again, their defense is, is what's really worrying me, uh, just simply because they can't seem to close out games when they have the lead. And with, with the Chargers and a veteran like Phillip Rivers, you can't play like that at all. So, I'm I'm definitely nervous about it. If they start this season 0-1-1, uh, I mean, local radio here in Detroit has pretty much already said the season's over at 0-1-1, which I, it sounds crazy to think really one loss, but it feels like they, they already have a loss under their belt with the ties. So uh, definitely nervous about it, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's it's weird coming into a matchup where you guys obviously um, allow them to come back and tie it. And the Chargers were, mm-hmm. I think, the only other team to go into overtime. And they were, you know, a hair away from doing exactly the same thing. You know, um, they allowed the Colts to come back. I think they were up 17 to six um, at halftime and then only scored one touchdown, allowed the, the Colts to come back, pretty much run it down their throats uh, the entire second half. Man, that was tough to watch. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think this game has so many outcomes. Um, that it's almost like I don't want to think about any of them because there's just way too many and uh, maybe we just need to enjoy it. I don't know. But one of the most enjoyable things I think you got to experience during the game, and yes, a tie is a tie, but silver linings is kind of what we're looking at. And one of the biggest silver linings is your guys' first round pick, uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson out of the University of Iowa. That must feel bad that a Hawkeye is doing so well um, on your team so early in his career. Um, (laughs) Number eight overall pick this past year went for six. 131 and a touchdown and a lot of people were saying this was the best tight end debut since Mike Ditka back in the stone age um that's pretty cool I'd say um and especially to see from a former Iowa uh tight end but you guys had some other some other good rookie performances as well your second round linebacker Tavai um had a decent performance but just your overall thoughts uh how are you liking Hawkinson so far what do you kind of expect for him hopefully this season, best case scenario, and then just any other rookies that you feel like could actually make an impact on Sunday. Well, you know, I was very thrilled with TJ Hawkinson through the draft process. You know, he was the eighth overall pick in the draft, but he was number six on my board. And I was a a guy that, you know, I, I felt like, okay, if we take him, it could be same old lines because they've taken the tight end before with Eric Ebron, but he has been fantastic for them. He's a terrific blocker. Um, he's, you know, great down the field, whether it's running a wheel route up the sideline or just going vertical or doing a crosser, whatever it may be that he's doing, he's been very effective. And in just one game, it's, it's been great to see so far, uh, the lions actually ran, uh, tight ends 
uh, double tight end sets on 27 of their 80 offensive plays, uh, which is the most in the NFL from week one. So expect to see Jesse James, expect to see Hawkinson on the field a lot um, throughout this game. And I think Hawkinson, again, could have a, I, I don't want to say a similar stat line, but with Derwin James not in this game, um, I, I think Hawkinson could have some mismatches against the Chargers defense. And then I, I like that you mentioned Tavai. He had a really good rookie debut uh, playing Mike linebacker for for the Lions. He did have a sack. He did have a tackle for loss. Um, and he had a couple quarterback pressures. So he's a guy that I, I really am skeptical in, in uh, zone coverage. I'm worried about him being in the short areas of the field. But as far as being a blitzer, as far as being aggressive and, and getting after the quarterback and, and stopping the run, I think he does well there. So it could be tough for Austin Eckler at times to run the football. But I mean, David Johnson did have 18 carries for 82 yards uh, against the Lions. And I think realistically that the Chargers with, with the way the Lions defense finished the game, I, I think the Chargers should be fine in a lot of areas of how they play football, whether it is throwing it deep or whether it is running the football um, or, you know, throwing the football to Austin Eckler, who had, you know, a couple of catches last week as well. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not it's, it's really hard for me, to, again, to like really predict some of the matchups that we're going to be talking about throughout the show. Um, but uh, Hawkinson Tavai, I thought played you know well enough in the rookie debuts. So one other guy, he's uh, he's not a rookie, but he's still a young guy. He's your uh, second a uh, second year, excuse me, tailback in Carryon Johnson. He was drafted last year out of Auburn. I really liked Carryon Johnson coming out. He had a uh, I don't know if it was an unorthodox running style, but he just looked kind of different out there running around. Uh, a little bit of a taller back, built. Uh, a little bit differently than your prototypical running back, but the guy can run and the guy can play. Some people said a little Le'Veon Bell-esque, not so much talent level, but just patient runner kind of sees things a little bit different, plays in a you know a slight slow motion. So I uh, really like Carrion Johnson, and luckily I get to watch him play my Chargers this weekend. But um, after a promising rookie season, comes out, uh, struggled a little bit. I mean, so did C.J. Anderson, but Johnson figured, or excuse me, finished, with 16 carries, 49 yards, uh, that's a 3.1 yards per carry. Um, C.J. Anderson, 11 for 35, 3.2, so not much better. Um, the Chargers did just get manhandled by the Colts offensive line. Absolutely manhandled. And it was a tale of two halves with this game as well. In the first half, they held the Colts to about 26 yards rushing. And they finished with 200 and about three yards. And obviously, you know, 99% of that came in the second half. Um is this something that you see the Detroit Lions possibly leaning on, leaning on, carrying on Johnson, carry the load? Do you believe Patricia's possibly um, – obviously, he's seen the film last week of the Chargers game. Do you think this is something that he makes you know, kind of a heavy um, focus here um, in this week two matchup? Do you think there's a, a good chance for a carry on Johnson breakout – or not breakout game, bounce back game? Um, your thoughts on that? We could see it. I, it's hard to say. The Lions offensive line, again, very skeptical – uh, whether it is in protecting Matt Stafford or, or whether it is in the run game. Um, carry on Johnson, like you mentioned, 16 carries. They refuse to really let him take off and be the bell cow back. I know 16 carries is a lot in today's NFL standard, but when you look at it, C.J. Anderson with 11 carries, I'm not saying that's 11 carries too many, but I think it's probably four or five carries too many. I don't see why carry on Johnson's not running the football 20 times in a game, um, but Bob Quinn's even stated himself, he is not the bell cow back. And I, I don't really know how to take that. He said that in the off season, he doesn't view him as a bell cow back. I don't, I don't understand that. If you didn't view him like that, 
then why did you trade up and, and take him if that's the case? But maybe it's something to do with the, the injuries throughout the course of his career. He's been very dinged up. Um, could we see something where, you know, a Marlon Mack type performance happens? Maybe. I doubt it, though. I, I, I think he could get close to 100 yards. It wouldn't surprise me if he had 80 yards talking about carry on. But I do like your guys' defensive line. I mean, I know Brandon, uh, me, is it Maben or it's Brandon It's me, Maben, right? me Bane. Yeah, me Bane. M- me Bane. I, I know he's older, but I, I still like him on the interior of the defensive line. I like Justin Jones a lot. I, I don't know if he's necessarily been, you know, great as a third round pick, but I thought that's exactly where he should have gotten drafted when he did. And I like the fit there. And of course, you guys have uh, um, Bosa and Ingram and everything. So, I, I like your guys' defensive front. I think it's going to be hard to run against it. And, you know, Thomas Davis, a veteran linebacker, he's played against the Lions a hundred times and in the course of his career. I think he'll figure it out and he'll understand exactly what we're doing. Um, and and with the Lions, I mean, they, they ran 80 offensive plays. They, they threw the ball 60% of the time against the Cardinals. So, uh, and, and that's against the Cardinals front that's relatively weak. So, could they lean on the run game? Could they switch it up? Absolutely. I just I find it hard to believe. I think with Matt Stafford as your quarterback, you're still going to sling the football around. So um, it, I, I don't think we'll see a Carryon Johnson, Marlon Mack type game. I think we'll see Carryon Johnson flirt with 80 yards. But in, in reality, it, it'll be in the hands of Matthew Stafford for much of this game. So you mentioned um, you really like our defensive line, and we really like our defensive line as well. Um, you can't get much better than Bosa and Ingram as a pass rushing duo. The team did just draft Jerry Tillery to kind of help fill a need of yep. an interior pass rusher. Um, big body guy, obviously six six, about three hundred pounds. Um, but your guys' offensive line wasn't looking too hot. Uh, no. They obviously struggled to to get a good push up front, hence the KJ and uh, the CJ Anderson struggles as well. Um, so we like to see a bad offensive line, but I'm not saying yours is bad. It was a bad first week. Um, where do you think your offensive line struggled the most against the Cardinals? Oh, Taylor Decker, hand down, hands down. Former first-round pick, does not look like the same left tackle that he was when he was a rookie. Um, ever since he's had the shoulder injury uh, two years ago, he's just not been the same player. And I've always viewed him as a right tackle, and I'm starting to wonder if moving him to right tackle is the way to go. Um, he's due for a contract extension. I'm really wondering if they're even going to give him a contract extension in week one out of 178, um, offensive linemen ranked from pro football focus. He came in at 170, uh, 172. He was ranked at 172. He was one of the worst offensive linemen, uh, in week one. And it showed, I mean, he was absolutely terrible. There's a play on my Twitter at Russ NFL draft where, uh, Chandler Jones absolutely beats him with a head fake and then gets inside and absolutely destroys Matt Stafford. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely worried there. Rick Wagner, I think, is just a little overrated, at least overpaid for his position at right tackle. I know the importance of the right tackle position, but it, it would not surprise me if, and, and like you guys were doing against the Colts, if you guys had Ingram and Bosa on the same side, uh, rushing the only bright spot I thought for the the Lions offensive line it wasn't uh, Frank Ragnall from last year um, it was actually Joe Dahl who played left guard he did not allow a single quarterback pressure I really like the versatility from him he can play in multiple spots but he showed really good lateral movements he really showed good weight transfer from his post foot to his set foot and, and he just he looked very smooth he had his eyes constantly on the linebackers and anybody that was blitzing. So he had a clean game 
against the, the Cardinals. So he could certainly be a player that could create uh, some, I guess, mismatches in, in a way for your defense. But overall, I think Ingram, Bosa are certainly guys that are, are going to eat and probably feast against our offensive tackles because they are just not living up to par. So it could be a rough day for Matt Stafford, even though he was sacked three times against the Cardinals. He was actually pressured 24 times against the Cardinals, uh, which was most in the NFL for week one. So that's a lot of QB pressures. And this is a guy that apparently last year played with broken bones in his back. So I don't know how sturdy that back is going to be, but uh, if he's going to continue to get knocked around like that, I'm assuming it's not going to be long before he ends up getting injured uh, long-term. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but I think your defense will be just fine. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's just one problem. Guys keep buying generic, off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started, actually. You just have to visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Powder Blue Review listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. Can't really beat that. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for any premium suit for just $369 with free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, man, he, uh, you know, for a guy who got pressured that much, he was still able to sling it. I mean, he threw it 45 times, completed yeah. 27 passes. And and this is a guy who threw for 385 yards, so just under 403 touchdowns. And his two best receivers, Galladay and uh, Marvin Jones Jr., um, didn't exactly, you know, blow anybody out of the water. Jones finished 456, no touchdowns. Galladay of 442 did have a touchdown. But his two leading receivers were, you know, the two guys newest to the team. Danny Amendola, seven for 104 and a touchdown in the aforementioned Hawkinson. So um, even with the potential for Bosa Ingram and his defensive line to, you know, get in the backfield and get after Stafford, Stafford was still able to throw it and he was able to, to put up some numbers. Um, so I guess on the other side of the offense, if, if KJ, you know, CJ Anderson and that run push isn't going to be there, um, how do you feel about Stafford being able to uh, take advantage of this secondary that's a little bit, um, 
rough at the moment. Uh, Mike Davis, uh, the starting corner opposite Casey Hayward, uh, played five snaps and then got hurt, and he's going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. Trevor Williams, the other corner who was going to potentially start opposite Hayward, is on IR. Um, Brandon Faison, who was the team's fifth and final corner they kept on the 53 uh, prior to the season, he got absolutely abused in one-on-one coverage. The Colts absolutely abused him on the outside. Um, they just signed Deontay Johnson, a veteran from the Niners, who I'm told by uh, Kyle Posey of the Niners Nation, the managing editor over there, that he sucks. So <laughs> there's some potential for this because Desmond King's going to stay in the slot. He will not go on the outside. He's much better in the slot, one of the best guys there. Um, overall feelings on uh, the chance for Stafford to still um, potentially have a chance to carry his team to victory in this game. Well, it certainly sounds like it. And if the Lions are going to win the football game, it is going to be through the air with Matthew Stafford. Uh, if he goes down, they have no shot of winning any football game. Uh, but he is certainly the, 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 I don't want to say the secret ingredient or the secret sauce, if you will. But he is he is the reason why they will win football games. He could also obviously be the reason why they lose football games. But uh, maybe N- Nazira Adderley could have an extended role this week, uh, you know, with his range that he showed at Delaware. Um, I, I know he necessarily wasn't the first round player that he was hyped up to be, but uh, I think he's a, a player that could secretly kind of get involved um, in this defense and maybe have somewhat of a breakout game. It certainly seems like these, I don't want to say unknown guys, we know who they are, but to the mm-hmm. average fan, they don't yeah. know who they are. And it just seems like every time that player breaks out and it's against the Detroit Lions. So I could see Adderley somehow just coming across the middle and, and taking a, a pick six to the house. Um, it could definitely happen. But yeah, no, if, if they're going to win this game, it's going to be with Matthew Stafford. I was surprised they threw the ball 45 times and it wasn't like they were playing from behind in the fourth quarter. Remember, they had the lead. Uh, they got very conservative. They took their foot off the gas pedal. Um, so yeah, Stafford will be the, the, the guy that gets them in position to win football games. Amendola could have a, another big game um, out of the slot, but you know Desmond King will be on him. So we'll see exactly what happens, but this would maybe be where Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones step up and have a big day too. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, man, it's exciting. Uh, Stafford, always underappreciated. Um, guy can sling it. Guy can sling it, has a 5,000-yard season yep. to his name. Um, people forget that. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think that's one of the key matchups to look for is uh, Stafford, what he can do kind of against this depleted secondary for sure. Um, real quick, winding down with some time here, going to go on to the other side of the ball, just talk about some Lions defensive stuff. Um, played well through the first three quarters, obviously. Um, they were up before mm-hmm. a fourth quarter meltdown. Um, one of the big-name free agency, it was the big-name free agency signing you guys had prior to the season, which was Trey Flowers, came over from the Patriots, gave him a good amount of money, finished with two tackles, um, no sacks. And you mentioned before we were recording that um, he was not on some key third downs, which was obviously a little bit of a head-scratcher. Um, so mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Flowers so far? Is this something that Lions fans should, uh, you know, not worry about too much. Should they kind of hit the panic button? Um, your overall thoughts on Flowers through one game? I'm disappointed. I mean, for a guy that's getting $100 million, you got to be out there. Whether it's second and eight, you should be on every down, every single down. I can understand if you're you're taking a break on, you know, first down and 10. I, I understand that. If, you know, we they get a first down, you come off for a play. It is what it is. But realistically, you should be – out there for 99% of the snaps, in my personal opinion, for the amount of money that you're making. And you should be disruptive, especially against a a team like the Cardinals that had a terrible offensive line. And 
no offense to you guys, but your offensive line is nothing special either. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, who's your offensive tackle, Sam Tevy and Trent Scott. So yes. in, in my personal opinion, uh, you know, Trey flowers should have his way with one of those offensive tackles. I mean, Devin Kennard played very well. He had three sacks against the Cardinals and four tackles. Um, and he was lined up as the left end. So who, you know, the right tackle, Sam Tevy could have his hands full there, but Trey flowers, two tackles, not in on a lot of key plays. You got to play better. You've got to be on a lot of key downs. That was something that I noticed with Brian Burns of just how he was used situationally for Florida state when he was coming out last year. I don't want Trey flowers situational pass rusher. I want Trey flowers on every single down and distance because of his character, his leadership, and he was supposed to be very good at stopping the run and, you know, rushing the passer. So hopefully that comes together this week. Hopefully Mike Daniels has more of a presence and hopefully, you know, uh, Devin Kennard continues to do what he's doing and Damon Harrison continues to do what he's doing, but we'll see what happens. They got to take the step in the right direction uh, on the front seven. And it really starts with that defensive line. And I I always forget about Damon Harrison in the middle of that Mm -hmm. line. And uh, you know, he's a hell of a player. Hell of a player, I think one of, if not the best at his position, um, from William Penn University in Iowa. Crazy. It I is crazy. About that. How many colleges are in Iowa? Like Too much. There's just, it's like a, there's a college for every like square mile, it seems like. It is. If there's a town, there's probably a college in it, if we're being honest, besides the towns <laughs> that are uh, one street long, 400 yards long, and have 23 people in it. But, uh, yeah, man, crazy. I always forget about that. Can't think of care. Can never forget about Damon Harrison in the middle of that defense. But uh, again, got a couple minutes left. Last thing I want to touch on here. So we've got Darius Slay against the Slayer and Keenan Allen. What do you think of this matchup? Who do you think has the advantage here? Um, just your overall thoughts on two of the best players at their positions going at it on Sunday. Once upon a time, I was blocked on Twitter from Darius Slay because I <laughs> trash talked him because he was constantly running his mouth. He acted like he was the best corner in football. And that just kind of irked me because I watched the games and I saw him giving up big plays and it was a Monday night game. And he allowed Demarius Thomas to go like seven receptions for 120. And I tweeted a picture of it and I said, I thought you were big play slay. What happened? And he ended up blocking me. So I think he unblocked me since then, which is very nice of him. Unlike Adam Schefter, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited for the matchup. Keenan Allen. I, we, I think we could all watch Keenan Allen route releases for days. Um, I'm curious to see how Darius Slay handles that. I don't think he, he deals with that um, on a weekly basis. So I, I, I just don't know how he's going to match up against that. I'm assuming he's not going to play a lot of like press coverage. He could, but I, I could see him definitely playing a little bit off and just making sure that he gets in the hip pocket as soon as possible on Keenan Allen uh, to try to be as, as disruptive as possible. But, you know, Darius Slay didn't have a terrible week last week, but definitely not the, the best week. He doesn't get thrown to a ton. He did have a pass deflection, but he wasn't involved too much. He wasn't around the football too much. So I could see Phillip Rivers keying in on that and, and maybe thinking that, hey, Slay, maybe Slay's thinking I'm going to have, you know, uh, an off week. Nobody's going to throw my way. And I could see Phillip Rivers picking on him a little bit. So we'll see what happens. But I, if I'm a Keenan Allen owner in fantasy, I'm playing him regardless. So that's good to hear, man. It's uh, it's going to be great. We're only two days away from this game. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of things to to watch and, and be on top of, but it's going to be exciting either way. So uh, Russell really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, really appreciate you waking up with me this morning. I know it's a Friday, but we got it done. We're here. 
two more days till game day. So once again, guys, this is at Russ uh, Brown NFL Draft. Follow him on Twitter. Follow uh, him on all his work over at CoverOne.net. Um, again, host of the Cover One NFL Draft podcast. Their head scout over there at Cover One. Um, Russell, once again, thanks a ton, man. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. That's it for today, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Russell Brown. Really hope you guys kind of enjoyed the week heading up to this game. I'm excited about it. Again, when you guys are listening to this, game day is just around the corner. I cannot wait. Go on to Twitter, subscribe, like, follow. Follow me at Zone Tracks. Follow the Twitter for the podcast at PB Review Podcast. Go over to Bolts from the Blue. Check out my written work. Doing lots of good stuff over there as well. Really appreciate all the love once again, guys. Go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Subscribe. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Let's keep this thing going. Let's keep this thing growing. Again, love every single one of you. Really do appreciate this, guys. Go Bolts. We'll see you guys next week.